Hello, everybody. As you can hear, there's no music right now, but uh, we're going to get to the content of this week on uh, the Flash Podcast feed because, as you know, Season 1 is now complete of the TV show. Uh, we're going to kick off Season 1.5 very soon uh, with lots of exciting Flash content. But we're also going to do some you know, number of crossovers with some other shows, including my great co-host Scott Murray's comic book noobs so scott tell our listeners what they're about to listen to this week on the flash podcast feed well this is uh going to be a perfect fit because everybody who's been listening to us talk about the flash for the past week they know that i have very little background on the flash comics and uh you and adam and some of the other folks um have a lot more knowledge and we also have thought along those lines that's beneficial because we know that people who watch The Flash, there are both types of audiences out there. People that are watching with full comic book knowledge and people who are a little more casual and perhaps only know The Flash through TV. And that's one of the reasons why I launched a podcast under the Assembly of Geeks feed called Comic Book Noob to help people make the jump from TV and film to knowing where to go. If they decide to get into comic books, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming and you need a place to start. And that's what this show does. And we pick characters each time to uh, talk about and then let everybody know how they can start reading those particular comic books. And today we are going to do The Flash. Yes, and I was honored to be invited by my co-host Scott to be on Comic Book New. So it was a great discussion, so what if we'll be kicking off Season 1.5 very soon. We might even do it next week, so without further ado, let's kick into Comic Book Noob. The following program is brought to you by the Assembly of Geeks. Visit us at assemblyofgeeks.com. These days, it's good to be a geek. Comic book characters are exploding onto movie and television screens, leading to uncontrollable geek outs and tears of joy. But do you know everything there is to know about your favorite heroes and villains? Do you know their backstory, their alternate universes, their most epic battles, their deaths, rebirths, romances, and favorite foods? Well, don't despair. Today, you start your own epic journey to being a better informed geek, thanks to a show called Comic Book Noob. And now, here are your guides on this noobarific journey, Scott Murray, Matt Moore, and Regina Davis. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Comic Book Noob brought to you by Assembly of Geeks. This is a podcast designed to help geeks who love watching their comic book heroes and villains on TV and film make an easy jump into the comic books. I'm Scott Murray, the comic book noob of the show, and I'm joined here with comic book journalist Matt Moore, comic book store owner Regina Davis, and my co-host on the Flash podcast, Andy B. Hello, guys. What's up, guys? Hello. How are you? Oh, pretty good. There's a perfectly good reason why this special edition of Comic Book Noob is featured here at the home of the Flash podcast, and it has everything to do with today's comic book character. Listen up, Noob. Today's comic book character is... Character Profile. Name. The Flash. Hero. 
species, human. Abilities and powers include super speed, intangibility, and superhuman agility. I am uh, looking forward to our discussion today. Uh, Andy and I just got done finishing an entire season of covering uh, the Flash TV series. There were many references made during the show uh, over time of how I have not read any Flash comics, but obviously Andy has, so he's going to fit right in with our discussion today. Um, Fingers crossed. Yes. No, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. Now, you know, the Flash himself has been around since, what, around 1940, and we've seen him as Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, Wally West, and Bart Allen, if I've covered them all. As comic book readers, do you all have a favorite incarnation of the Flash out of that group? I do, and I am not ashamed to say it, but to me, it's got to be Barry Allen or nothing, because, you know, he was the Silver Age Flash, and it's those stories that DC sort of brought to the forefront in the 60s when he was with the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it, to my mind, it, it's it's colored what the Flash is, and I think we get a lot of influence at in the TV show because, this, you know, the TV show is so darn fun, and the Flash has always been a very fun character, because if you parallel Flash... Uh, from DC Comics to you know his his Marvel equivalent Quicksilver or or even uh, uh, North Star you know they're both hated they're both hunted down Flash is his own museum <laughs> people love him that's true there's room for the others of course but you know to me that's my old sentimental favorite has always been Barry Allen I totally agree with Matt I mean I love Wally I love kind of the different personality that he brought to the Flash but as far as like deep in my heart I got to go with Barry Allen as well. Well, to be complete original here, I, I, you know, my favorite is Barry Allen. No one has said Barry Allen. I don't know why no one is saying Barry Allen, so <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. Uh, you know, but I also, you know, I, I was first introduced to Wally through Justice League Unlimited. Then I met, you know, I got introduced to Bart Allen on Smallville, and then Jay Garrick, a little mention of there, and then we got Barry Allen on, on the Flash TV show. So, and, you know, to me, I, I think they're all great, but I think Barry stands kind of, he stands out a little bit more because it's kind of like Wally and Jay and Bart are all like, if you put them all three together, that would make Barry Allen of all those qualities. So, um, I, just, I just think, I, you know, because of the TV show, I've been able to connect more with that version of the character. Well, what's interesting is I read that in May of 2011, IGN ranked Wally West number eight on their list of top 100 superheroes of all time, stating that Wally West is one of DC's greatest heroes, even if he doesn't rank as the original Scarlet Speedster. Well, look, you know, there's no denying that Wally West is is a great character. I mean, you know, he's had some great stories. You know, if you look at, you know, with, especially you know with the what he did with the Legion of Superheroes uh, in the Lightning Saga, and then of course, uh, you know, with uh, the second volume of the Flash that I think, I think came out in 2006 or 2007. I may be wrong, but you know, and that led into the Flash Rebirth, but. It's you know it's Barry Allen. I mean you know Wally Wally West is sort of uh, I don't want to say he's like the second string because that's that's denigrating to him and he doesn't deserve to be denigrated. But is it junior just, varsity? Well, and you know that's that's actually not a bad way of putting it. I mean you know he's you know he's got a great control of the Speed Force. He's he's a very heroic person. He's a very compassionate person. He's he's, he's a good hero. But to my mind, you know, Barry sacrificed his life for the entire DC universe. Nobody can top that. Well, there you go. <laughs> Well, I know that there have been times, too, in the comics where more than one of these guys has been in the same story. And because I remember looking through some of the comics and, you know, looking at some of the backstories as the show started. And immediately as I saw, you know, 
some stories where not only were two or three of them around, but they all knew kind of one another, and they all talked about how this person was the Flash till it was passed on to this person. And I immediately wondered, as someone who's not real familiar with this, uh, how does this power just simply get passed on from one of these characters to the other? I don't think it's much as of a power passage. Wally has his accident in the comics. Barry has his accident. I'm still trying to figure out how Barr got his powers. I'm still a little bit unfamiliar with that. Uh, I think it's more just like the title that is passed upon that, that because, you know, Barry is the Flash. Wally is first Kid Flash and then Bart is Impulse. And they all go through periods when they become the next Flash and so on. So I don't think it's more... I don't think it's the power that they pass on. I think it's just more like the title. But isn't it interesting that, what, three or four different people there would all be hit with an accident that gave them the same power? Well, I think that's I think that's a testament to the Speed Force. I mean, you know, the Speed Force is sort of like uh, this, uh, you know, where, where have we heard something like this before? The sort of living energy field that, you know, envelops <laughs> us and surrounds us and binds us all together. So, yeah, I've heard that I, a couple of times. <laughs> No, because I mean, you know, I mean, I think because I think Regina will have something to say on this, particularly, you know, because the Speed Force, I think, is almost it's almost like a sentient uh, object or a sentient force, if you will, that uh, I think, which is why we have this. Basically, it's meddling in in human affairs. I don't know. What do you think? I totally agree. I think it definitely kind of does its own thing in a way and controls things on a level that we may not totally understand. And I think that's been proven in the show and in the comics because there's been times in the show between Barry and Dr. Wells, where they have an understanding of something that they can't even really explain to each other. And I think that might be the Speed Force trying to communicate with them somehow. And like in Convergence, which just came out a few weeks ago, there was a Speed Force uh, comic, and in it, the Flash was separated from his children, and all of a sudden, his children find themselves right next to Barry. And they knew exactly where he were because of the speed force. I think there's definitely some underlying things going on there. You know, it's interesting to really take a close look at how movies and TV shows are getting people interested in comics, whereas before they might have never tried. And what your perception can be as somebody who's not into comics um, and then yet, you know, you might have this perception of, you know, a certain character and it might be very, very narrow minded just because you you may just know the very basics of, you know, what they're about. And then you get to watch a TV show or a film and get to know them more. And then suddenly you're a lot more fascinated than you were before. I remember talking to a friend a few months ago about Iron Man. He was supposedly like a superhero guy, went and saw a lot of the superhero films and he, he wouldn't go see Iron Man. I'm like, gosh, you got to go see Iron Man. He goes, it's just a man in a suit. Why is that a <laughs> deal? It's just a man in an iron suit. Who cares? And that's an easy position to take until you go and see the suit in action and you love the way Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark and all that stuff. But, you know, you don't expose yourself to it. You might just have this one dimensional view. And I think that was even true of me when it came to the Flash because I kind of had that attitude. I thought, OK, you can run fast. Yay. <laughs> I think you I know. think that's actually one of the things you literally said to me. I remember when I when I asked you to come on to the uh, join the program. I remember you t- telling me briefly, you know, that I don't really know what's so special about the Flash. I'm like, he's all he does is just run. I'm like, yeah, I had trouble figuring out. Okay, other than running fast, you know, how do you use that in a fight, or how do you use that against somebody else with special powers and that sort of thing? What a noob! And yet the TV show, <laughs> twenty three episodes later, yeah, oh, t- that's what he can do. Yeah, the TV show did a, a good job of showing a few things so and that's just one season of a tv 
TV show, so I have to assume there are plenty of things that any of the Flashes have done in the comics that have been pretty awesome uh, beyond what we've seen. So what is the coolest thing that you've seen the Flash do with his power in the comics? I know this isn't really like a power he possesses. This is just like, you know, a part of his getup. But, you know, every time I see that Flash ring, yo, I, I get all the feels and I'm like... I, I want to live in that world where I can just put clothing in a ring. Uh, but no, I actually like whenever <laughs> he vibrates through things. I remember the, fir- there was this, the first time he ever did it. Um, it was um, in the Trickster episode with um, and this guy. I don't know, if Scott, if you ever heard of him, but his, this guy named Mark Hamill. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, known for, he's known for his franchise known as Star Wars. Yes. And he, and I remember like, when Barry had to kind of get rid of a bomb that was attached to his wrist he ran through a truck to get rid of the bomb and that like i love when he goes through things because you know not only can he go so fast that he can go into time but he can literally go through things and that's just that's just what i really love you know like one of, that's one of my favorite aspects of his powers one of the things i love the most about the flash's powers uh is not so much the the, the innate power that he gets from the speed force and and the and the ring and i, I have to admit that ring is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean i think i think that sh- i think it should be standard issue for any superhero and supervillain but i love his treadmill his cosmic treadmill that that he he uses initially you know that's what he used to travel through time he would just get on this literally it's just like it's like he was going to the ymca hopping on the treadmill and running so fast that you know he was you know he was he was breaking through the time barrier i mean you know, i think we, we saw this i, th- I want to say it was like flash 125 or something and and he used it to go forward in the future to to fight these aliens but the thing is is the treadmill has sort of remained back you know and and uh and you know we see some i don't know if we see a whole lot of influences in the show with it but you know i think we do see some sort of callbacks to it because i mean you see like you know, people who remind me of say professor zoom who may not be professor zoom who knows you know who knows what who knows what is lurking in the mind of jeff johns uh, as they get ready for the next season but i i just i love the fact that you have this treadmill you know that this ordinary exercise device that the world's fastest man you know has, has turned into this amazing tool he uses that thing, travels through time, and then when it stops, he looks down and it says he's burned like what eight billion calories or something crazy like that. Why, 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 you know, if, if, if DC wants to get some sort of a you know sort of in-house advertising in his titles, they they should you know basically have somebody like Jenny Craig or Nutrisystem yeah, right. Watchers, you know, pitch, pitching Flash directly, oh, going you know look, oh, we're keeping that figure in condition. You know, you know even the fact that he's got a metabolism you know that's three times as powerful as all of Earth. But you know, Regina, the things that we've I mean, we've seen several things happen in the just the show where he's had to use his speed to take on Weather Wizard and, and you know in the tornadoes we we saw him try to you know spin around really really fast and stop I think what was a tidal wave coming um, mm-hmm. and we've seen him um, obviously travel through time and several other things. But when it comes to the comics, you know, what is something really cool that you can think of that he's done with this power that we uh, haven't seen on the TV show? I think one of my personal favorite things that he can do due to his speed is not an actual physical thing that he can do. In comics, all of the speedsters, because they can do everything so quickly, also have the ability to think just as quickly. In some cases, almost all cases, that gives them some sort of light immunity to telepathy, which I think is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Except for in the episode, it seemed like... Gorilla Grodd had no problem, but generally they would be able to speed up their thoughts fast enough where a telepath wouldn't be able to access their brain. 
It uh, even happened once against Martian Manhunter, one of the greatest telepaths in comics. He, like, Martian Manhunter was like, well, I mean, I just don't even know what to do because he's going too fast. I can't keep up. And it's also kind of interesting because whenever multiple speedsters get together, they can speak to each other in a way that any non-speedster can't understand. It's like they have their own private language because they can talk at such a high rate and also process that information at such a high rate mm -hmm. that only other speedsters can understand. And I think that's pretty awesome. When you were talking about that, it made me think of two things. One, there's a great scene in that. Did you guys ever watch Young Justice? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a... There's a <laughs> I think it's like the next to the last or the series finale of Young Justice when Bart and Barry start to talk about, like, how... There's, there's a big incident. I don't want to give it away too much to our listeners who haven't seen it, but, like, Barry and Bart start talking, like, really, really fast. And, like... A regular person is just standing there next to Wally, like, Wally and, and he's like, are you getting any of this? And Wally's like, you know, yeah, barely. And then, like, you know, they, they started some, like, munchkins. But then there's a there's a great panel in Flash Rebirth when um, all, like, the whole Flash family is running through the Speed Force. And Wally asks everyone to imagine what their costume wants to look like. And, like, they just imagine it. And, you know, thanks to the Speed Force and their powers... They have upgraded suits, you know, in the next panel. I'm like, oh, my God, I love this page. <laughs> it's so good. That's, that's an amazing, it's an amazing story. Yeah, and, yeah. It, like, it can even be used for comedy whenever they're all talking to each other. There was one part I read in, it was whenever he was um, doing something with the Teen Titans, and they passed some sort of convention that had some sort of science thing that he was really, really into, and everyone was asking him why he was so excited. And while he was talking to them, he just kept talking faster and faster because he was getting too excited to control the speed of the way he talks. Well, we already know the three of you like Barry Allen the best when it comes to The Flash. So when we come back, I'm going to ask each of you what you think of Grant Gustin's portrayal of Barry on The Flash TV series. We'll talk about that next on Comic Book Noob. Welcome to the Fantastic Fortress, the home of the Assembly of Geeks podcast. This is more than a geeky talk show. Sure, we talk movies, TV shows, and geek culture, but there's also action, target locked, explosions, humor, thank you, I will be here all week, and a virtual host named Ganon. Assembly of Geeks is part geeky story and part geeky talk, all in one podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and assemblyofgeeks.com. Welcome back to Comic Book Noob as we continue our discussion about The Flash. Well, with all of you being um, fans of Barry Allen, I would assume that everybody was pretty fired up that uh, they decided to go with that incarnation for the TV series. How did you feel about the way Grant Gustin brought him to life? Well, I, I think, think he did an amazing job. <laughs> well, he's just this shimmering bright star. I mean, and he's, and he's just he's, he's vibrant, for lack of a better word. <laughs> oh, vibrant. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> so, no, I just I, I think I think he's captured the ebullience uh, of of the character, particularly as Barry Allen, uh, and 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 particularly as uh, Jeff Johns has uh, written him in, in the most in the last you know four or five years in the pages of the comics, you know, before Flashpoint and before the New Fifty Two, and this 
I've just I've been pleasantly pleased with this. This this whole show to me, it's it's the of all the shows that are on there on the television at the moment or on or on being programmed. This is the one that it literally feels like I could just you know lift up my computer screen and just turn the pages of the computer screen while I'm watching it uh-huh. and pretend that I'm reading a, a comic book. That would be a heavy comic. Um, <laughs> no, actually, actually, it's kind of funny that I'm doing this conversation um, today, actually, because like last week I did a big piece for the website I work for, TV Mind, where I, I wrote an article called Why the Flash's Grand Gustin is the MVP of the 2014-2015 season. And, you know, that's a big thing to kind of say because, you know, there's a lot of new programs that came out this season. But to me, I think what Grant does, and it's not, you know, it goes beyond the whole, well, this is a comic book TV show based on a comic book character from DC Comics. You know, I think he is generally captures the whole essence of being a hero. I think that, you know, I remember when he got cast, people were concerned about the fact that he was, you know, he was a bit younger than Stephen Amelie. But, you know, I think, but I think that, you know, now... Two years later, I think he's just really shown the true joy and fun of being a superhero. And I think Sky and I, we've talked about a lot on the Flash podcast, is that there's a lot of comic book shows right now. But Flash is really, in until this fall, this upcoming fall with Supergirl, the Flash is really the only superhero show. There's a difference of being a, being a comic book show, but then being a superhero show because Gotham is a comic book show, but that is certainly not a superhero show. Arrow, um, well, after this season, I don't even know what to call it anymore. <laughs> okay, no, I've I hit that train too many times, so never mind. But uh, <laughs> this is the Flash to me. I totally agree with you, and I think you mentioned his age was something that kind of made everyone a little bit iffy on him whenever it all started. I think everyone has been pretty satisfied with the way it's turned out, because the Flash, as a person, is a very kind of lighthearted person a lot of the time. And, you know, just kind of cocky like Spider-Man. And I think him being young gave that lightheartedness to the show. But like Matt mentioned, in 1985 on uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, he sacrificed his life for the whole world. And it's also, on the show, reached times of like that level of desperation where he's been absolutely willing to. Everyone's telling him not to go. All of a sudden, he's not in the room anymore. That's just kind of shown the range that the character and the actor both have. I think it's been absolutely incredible. To me, Grant Gustin has really captured the spirit and the feel of the latest incarnation of the Flash comics that came with the with the new fifty two. And you know, and you know, the way the way Francis Manipal and I, I apologize in advance if I'm I'm mutilating your name, Francis, uh, the way Francis has written this written the Flash and, and Barry Allen has, has been sort of this, you know, it's he's a fun character. He's you know, he has a, a power that people can relate to even if it's you know fantastical you know who hasn't wished oh I, if i'd only had an extra five minutes or if i could just go five minutes faster and you know beat this person to, to the front of the cashier line or something <laughs> <laughs> you know to whether how nominal or, or minimal it may be that is just that's transferred to the tv screen and and i think the people who, who cast the are casting who did cast the show have just really nailed it on the head. I mean, Tom Cavanaugh. I, I don't know how far back a lot of you guys go, but you know, I used to, I used to watch Tom Cavanaugh on the TV show Ed, and you know where he just played this, you know, this lawyer who went back and you know to his hometown and was operating out of a bowling alley. My God, he's so deliciously, delightfully evil. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. as Reverse Flash, it's just like I'm just sort of going, wait, no, Ed, no, yeah, <laughs> don't well, do that. Yeah, I think that's been my first uh, exposure to you know uh, something that he's been in, and it was so funny because on Facebook not long ago, someone posted a clip of him 
as this ranger in the Yogi Bear movie. And I watched a few seconds of that and went, oh my gosh, that's just so weird <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing the Dr. Wells uh, in that position. And, you know, what struck me as a comic book noob watching The Flash was when Reverse Flash said how much he hates Barry. And of all the things that, you know, they, there's been a lot of depth in the show as far as why certain things happen the way they did. I still find myself wondering, with hate being such a strong word, why that's the case. And, may, and what I wanted to find out from you all is it a very similar situation in the comics. Do, is there this real hatred from Reverse Flash towards the Flash or Barry in the comics? And if so, what's the rift? Is it just a good versus evil thing or is there a reason for this hate? Oh, there's there's a multitude of reasons. And, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and because it's comic, you know, it can be very sort of convoluted. Uh, gee, who would have thought that that would ever happen in comic books? <laughs> Without convoluted, there'd be no purpose for this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think in, in the way I view, and I, you know, I will say this just so, you know, everyone is clear and so on, is that, you know, I, you know, my big step into the Flash world began with, you know, when the show was announced. So, you know, I was still kind of a newbie as well. So I'm still learning a lot of things. But I feel like when, the way I look at Reverse Flash, and we're talking about specifically Eobard Fawn, because there have been a number of Reverse Flashes. There's been, you know, Scott, I'm sure you will remember this name at least, because I referenced it plenty of times as people were speculating every single week on the Flash book, is who the heck is Harrison Wells? You know, there is Hunter Zolomon, and you know, I believe Jay Garrick even had a Zoom character i don't even i don't remember his full name but uh, there's also been daniel west in nifty 2 um iris's brother which you know that's kind of you know you know so yeah, and, um, don't, and don't forget thaddeus thawne don't forget inertia yeah that too and uh, and malcolm fawn i guess in a way like i don't know he, i know he doesn't become reverse flash completely i know he's like you know an evil twin of barry or whatever i'm like i said i'm still learning but i think that when it comes to eobard i think that I still think there's always, you know, another piece of backstory of why he hates Barry that has been yet to, yet to be told. In some comics that I've read in the past, Aobard was someone who desired acceptance and attention because his parents had, in the comics, crafted him to be kind of this perfect person. Like, he needed to look a certain way and have a high IQ. And uh, he uh, kind of envied all of the superheroes and went to all of this trouble to make himself look like Barry and move like Barry. And then as things like the cosmic treadmill allow, he ended up finding out that later in life he would not become a hero, but he would actually become Professor Zoom. This actually kind of drove him insane for a little while to where he's like, no, this is absolutely wrong. Wait, my crazy brain, maybe I am Barry. <laughs> and so then he started to think he was Barry and ended up getting into it with Wally and all of this kind of over time drove him insane. And then once he realized that that wasn't the case, he embraced being the reverse Flash more than pretty much anything else. Let's be perfectly clear. DC has always made it a point that Eobard Thawne, you know, Professor Zoom, reverse Flash, he's never been a nice guy. You know, he's, no. he's, he's always had, you know, basically, you know, attitudinal adjustment issues. I mean, before his, uh, his origin was retconned uh, amid the crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985, he was a 25th century criminal who found mm -hmm. a time capsule with, with uh, you know, the Silver Age's flashes costume and you know and he, and he and he found it he started to wear it but he had to you know to amplify the energy it 
it you know it reversed the colors of the suit to what to what we see now the the yellow suit and he learns all these details about Barry Allen and he and he tries you know he just makes Barry Allen's life hell you know to the point that uh, he kills Iris yeah. <laughs> And not just like, you know, really quickly, he vibrates his hand through her skull because oh. she wouldn't marry him. So yep. this guy's, you know, I would say uh, the, 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 the proper word for this guy would be maladjusted. <laughs> it was really bad and really sneaky. Like it was something that he'd been scheming in the comics leading up to it. And it was so dark, just his plotting this crime. He ended up using an alias called Mr. Zix and basically just got into good graces with the police chief and came up to her and gave her one last shot and just took her out in one of the most brutal ways that I've seen in Flash comics. Yeah, At I least just, with in, a major character. <laughs> in in any comic, my goodness gracious. I don't know, would you guys agree that, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of been thinking about this for a while, not only because that the fact that they kind of look the same, but uh, the, the actors at least. But is Eobard Fun maybe you know the Loki of the DC universe? No, because at, think... lo- at least at least Loki has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah. because well that's because of the film. But, you know, but if we take that out, no, no. If even if you go if you if you go deeper into the Marvel comics, I mean, you know, Loki's got a sense of humor because he's the Norse god of you know trickery and mischief. His whole reason for existence is to to make mischief. Eobard, you know, prof- yeah, Reverse Flash is he's. He's psychotic. He's he's trying to be somebody who he's not. He knows he can never be who he wants to be. So he's going to try and destroy everything that makes the person that he wants to be the person he wants to be. And he fails to see you know, the problem in that. I think that should kind of be where the line between the reverse Flash and Loki is drawn. Because Loki's constantly feeling overshadowed by Thor and wanting to ruin his life for it. It's kind of similar with reverse Flash. You know, I, I do think in this case we're gonna there're gonna be a lot of people listening that perhaps, like I was alluding to earlier, became really big fans of the show and might want to look into comics. So if you're the kind of person who's your first exposure to the Flash is the TV show and you like the characters, you like Barry Allen, and you're totally into the things that are happening and you're looking forward to next season. If you're someone whose first exposure to Barry Allen and the Flash, uh, is through the TV series, what might be a good place for them to start if they wanted to jump into the comics now and continue their enjoyment? I have two two books that I would recommend to begin with. And this is going to sound odd, but this is how I started it. I started with The Flash Rebirth. Even though it's coming up from a story where he had died, I think what the great thing that Jeff Johns did in that story was that it explains to you, before you get into the whole fun of, you know, he's super fast and you know, he can do all these amazing things, you get it, you get into the psychology of Barry Allen and, you know, the whole idea of being a speedster. So, in that way, it kind of makes you a little bit more compelling, you know, hmm, how did he die? And then you, you want to go back and discover more of that. But also, if you want to, like, you know, really start fresh, like, you know, from, you know, with something more recent, even though The Flash Reaper wasn't that many years ago, I would recommend picking up Volume 1 of The Flash in the New 52. I think it's called Moving Forward, and it's by Francis Manipal and Brian Booch. Those two is what I would recommend. You could either begin with Moving Forward with the New 52, just to get, you know, because that's kind of what they're basing on the Flash TV show on. If you really want to get into some, like, very deep Flash Myths. Any book you, you see Jeff Johnson, you're gonna you wanna buy it. Like if, even if there's a cookbook with Jeff Johnson's name on that you wanna buy it. So rebirth and moving forward. I totally agree with his opinion of Jeff Johns. I think he's absolutely incredible. And I was gonna suggest a couple other things, but I definitely agree with reading Crisis on Infinite Earths and Rebirth, honestly, in any order. Because if you read Infinite Earths first, it'll just kind of lay it right out for you for Rebirth. And I think 
there's a little something to reading Crisis on Infinite Earths first, because when he died on Crisis on Infinite Earths, he did not get rewritten into comics for a while. And I think that adds some gravity to the final scenes of that comic book. But like he said, Flash Rebirth gives a really, really good just general idea of everything it means to be the Flash. But if you want just kind of a super, super fun, action-packed Flash read, I think I would go with Final Crisis. I absolutely loved it. I think it had some really awesome interactions between Barry and Iris, like some things that maybe people have wanted to see in the show, but just haven't because of Iris's attitude generally. And so I think they'd get a really good read out of that. And they'd be able to see uh, the female Furies, who I always loved. I'm going to go all the way back to the Silver Age, and it's going to be the classic uh, issue, Flash 123. It's Flash of Two Worlds. And that's, that's oh, where, I love that. And, you know, that, that was, written, it was done by Gardner Fox and Carmine Infantino. And, you know, and it's, it is not hyperbole to say that this is probably one of the most inco- important comic books ever written, uh, in that it merged and melded the Golden Age and the Silver Age all together. And it also introduced the idea of the multiverse, which, of course, right now in DC Comics is really playing out in a very major way. <laughs> after having been sort of curtailed and you can read it on the on the DC Comics app. I think you can also find it on Comixology. Uh, you, you can you you can easily find it uh, reprinted in Amazon. It is completely worth your time. It's you know it's it's a classic Silver Age story. It's got wit. It's got you know it's got really sparkling writing. And it just you, you see and you can compare and contrast Barry Allen and, and you know Jake Eric and it just it's it's just it's truly amazing to my mind. And and it, it's one of these things that should be uh, in everybody's comics library whether they've been reading comics. You know, for 35 or 40 years, or they've just been reading comics for six weeks. It's it's definitely worth pulling and finding, and I, I cannot recommend it enough. Other than that, I'm going to have to go. Uh, you know, it's uh, sort of sad, but uh, it's the uh, this is uh, coming along the lines of you know we see people who are, who are starting to to pass on as comics got a little darker, but you know it's the death of Iris Allen, mm. and that was flashes. That was the fact it was 275 to. 283 or 284 and it was about a, almost a year-long story and it's almost like flash gets pulp fictionized uh, except without the humor uh you know and it's uh you know iris is murdered at a costume party and and this and it's flash using his police skills trying to figure out how did this happen who did it and why and he's, he's also gotta let go and it's it's very hard this stems back to what i what i said earlier about how you know basically what a what a jerk <laughs> thawne is yeah. So that's, but that's like I said, it's it's. I uh, just I just looked. It's Flash two seventy five through two eighty four, and it's 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 not the most pleasant story. It's not, it's a very unflash story, but it's definitely worth reading. I think Amen. because we're also talking about the comics and the show together, we have to at least mention Flashpoint. Oh yeah, for Baron Iris fans, that's going to be also another stinger. So just oh, be prepared yeah. for that. Like yeah. the West, the West Allen fan in me just cried so hard when I saw the animated film. Dude, and was it? Oh my gosh! The, oh, it it's so, so unfair. It was so unfair. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've heard a lot about Flashpoint. Are you, are you talking about it was unfair because Gorilla Grodd didn't get a starring role? Or <laughs> no, it's it's all the West Allen feels in Flashpoint and Flashpoint Paradox. Now, is that something you, go- you could just dive into reading if all you had done was watch the show? Oh, I, 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 oh, oh yeah, I, I think you could, yeah, because it's uh, it's sort of uh, it, it's, it's the end it's of that universe because yeah, they were rebooting that afterwards. Yeah, it, oh, sorry. It's, it's it's tangential enough that you don't have to whole, have a whole lot of knowledge about the comics universe, as he says. It's basically it's the obituary of the DC universe, mm-hmm. you know, and and flashes at the forefront of it. 
Yeah, and it's it's definitely accessible because all of the characters, for the most part, even if you've never read a comic book in your life, are all things that you've been exposed to through pop culture. Like with Superman and Batman, pretty much everything has been covered at some point or another outside of comics that I don't think there would re- be very many pages where you just look at it and you're just, I have no idea who these people are or what their motives are. Well, that's, that's definitely good to know that there's uh, definitely some several options out there for people who want to uh, continue their Flash stories while they wait for Season 2 of the show to start in any way. All right, well, that will wrap up our discussion on The Flash. Andy, everybody know where people can find you and what sort of things uh, The Flash Podcast is going to be doing over the summer. Yeah, you can find us over at theflashpodcast.com where we'll be doing a season 1.5. While The Flash might be on a hiatus, we will not be. We will start to talk about the show. We're going to do some reviews about, you know, from certain aspects of season 1. We're going to do some uh, special features, you know, you know edit, like pretty much like editorials, but on air. We're definitely going to cover Comic-Con, and we're going to, you know, get into some things that we didn't get to do in our season 0, uh, including talking about Flashpoint. So lots of cool stuff coming up. Uh, I will be uh, kicking up sometime early this um, this month uh, in June. And uh, yeah, you know, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under the Flash Podcast, Stitcher Radio and iTunes. If you want to subscribe to our, to our lovely podcast where you can hear me and Scott and uh, our whole gang over there that are doing a tremendous job every week. And um, it's a good place to for all Flash fans. And um, you can find me on my personal Twitter account at Andy Babacht. And then um, feel free to check out my stuff over at tvremind.com. Uh, I can be found on the Twitter at Gorilla Scribe. And of course, that's with uh, two R's and two L's because I'm a I'm a grammar snob and a spelling aficionado. Uh, you can also find me writing about Star Wars comics at uh, coffeewithkenobi.com. Uh, I'm also writing uh, for a website called overundercomics.com, which is usually just uh, quick reviews and short essays. And then I'm always uh, posting on my Tumblr, which is a uh, uh, gorillascribe.tumblr.com. You say over under comics. I immediately start thinking of airplane. <laughs> that was kind of, <laughs> that, well, that's 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 one of the reasons why we did it, and also the guy I do it with. We used to work together when we were in London, and he's actually based in Sydney now. So, so he's down under, and I'm I'm up over. Oh my! Uh, that's just me. I'm I'm totally one of those people that you say something, it can trigger something from a movie in my head at any moment. So it's a great skill to have. <laughs> yes, it is. Regina, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Regina C. Davis, and you can find me on Twitter at RCG Davis, and you can also find the Facebook of my comic shop at facebook.com slash blockhouse games, and I will be posting about comics that are coming out, comics that have come out, and things I'm just generally obsessing over right now. And I, just like all of you, can be found at assemblyofgeeks.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Scott Murray. All right. Well, if this is your first time listening to Comic Book Noob, you can head over to assemblyofgeeks.com and hear the episodes on Ultron, The Vision, and Daredevil, as well as our June 4th show, which is dedicated to The Atom. If you subscribe to Assembly of Geeks, you'll automatically get all of our geek podcasts in that super feed. And of course, you've got more great content coming here on The Flash Podcast. Feel free to ask any comic book questions you'd like to have answered in an upcoming show or maybe even suggest a comic book character to have covered on the program. Simply email us at contact at assemblyofgeeks.com. I'd like to thank Andy for being part of this special edition, and I'd like to thank you for listening to the show. Join us for the next episode of Comic Book Noob. 
Congratulations! You are no longer a noob on today's topic. You can hold your head high and your geek cred card even higher thanks to today's discussion. That's why you should come back next time and don't be a podcast noob. Instead, subscribe to the Assembly of Geeks podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, or other on-demand content sites in order to automatically get this program and other geeky shows each week.